Everyone seems to have anxiety nowadays, but how do you deal with that anxiety? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for those who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, resident moody optimist, and with me as always is my cryptically classy co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, selectively anxious person. Mm. And by that, I mean, I have made fun of multiple times in my life for not taking seriously enough the things I should, like, okay. you know, dangerous situations. Sure, you know. sure. <laughs> I'm in danger. Yes. You know, I'm not having any money. You know. <laughs> okay, yeah, poverty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the big things. But, like, being uh, is, is roots out of my um, actual diagnosis of OCD, but being, like, really scared of, like, silly things. And so when people meet me, they're like, you're not scared of me. And so I'm like, just wait. <laughs> I'm really anxious about ridiculous really silly things. things. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which in and of itself is a little embarrassing, but it is what it is. Yes. But, but no, but you are choosy about what you're going to be scared of. And I yeah. appreciate that. Well, I wish I had more choice, but yes. <laughs> also true. That's true. Well, speaking of which, today we are going to be discussing how to deal with anxiety. But first... Nathan, if people do enjoy what we do on the show, where is a way that they can enjoy more of our content and engage more with fellow overthinkers like themselves? Well, they can go to the overthink. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> All right, let's do this one last time. They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and they can also check out our live events. Um, and get in touch with us, tell us how much you agree or disagree with us and all of your love or hate mail. They can also go to the Overthinkers um, private Facebook page where now we have about 4,000 people Jeez. engaging in conversation. We're like and a thousands at the end of last year. It's absolutely amazing. It's so much fun. There's memes and, and discussions and laughter. So we want you to be part of the private group on Facebook called uh, the Overthinkers. So please join that community so you can meet other people like yourselves. Um, and I do want to give a quick shout out to our upcoming, uh, uh, event yes. yeah, live here in New York city. We are going to be doing an Oscars, um, screening. We're going to be watching the Oscars together. We're going to have a red carpet and a step and repeat wall. So we have our own very, uh, very important, fancy, exactly. Shindig. We're going to have popcorn and bubbly drinks. You get to dress up. Well, like I say, you can wear your best tuxedo t-shirt, mm. um, but we're gonna have so much fun together. It's gonna be right here in New York at the Hepzibah House, the historic one. It's just gonna be such an amazing event. We want to see you there. So please go to the website or check out the um, the private group for more info on this event. You must RSVP. And also I'm gonna give a little shout out uh, to a movie I have coming up called Dunno Jack. Uh, mm. This Since I run a podcast, I can make you guys all go and look at my stuff. <laughs> but it's called Dunno Jack and it's a, it's a it's a passion project I filmed during the pandemic. I want you to all see it. It's going to be out soon. So go to IMDb and keep an eye out for that. Hopefully April 1st. Um, but as of right now, the, those are the announcements. Fantastic. Okay. So we're ready to talk about anxiety. Yeah. Anxiously. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let, let me think about it. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> all right. So anxiety is a problem that is on the rise in the developed world. According to the American Psychological Association, anxiety is defined as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. And according to Psychology Today, anxiety is both a mental and physical state of negative expectation. The Washington Post reported in 2020 that a third of Americans now shown signs of clinical anxiety. Anxiety rose sharply during the pandemic, but of course, we're already studying increasing prior to that. Worse, even every generation appears to be getting more anxious than the last with 54% of Gen Z, Zoomers, as they are often called, claiming to have felt anxiety in the past week compared to 40% of millennials and 34% of the national average. This has led to a giant increase in therapy and articles showing people how to engage in self-care. However, people disagree on what the cause of this increased anxiety is, don't know totally agree how to solve it. Some, like the sociologist Dr. Jonathan Haidt, think that social media with its constant showcasing our worst things happening in the world and pressure to compare our lives with others is to blame. Others, like philosopher Jillis Nabovetsky, blame the weakening of social institutions, religious, familiar, and economic. They gave a life built in security. Nathan, both you and I have struggled with and continue to struggle with anxiety at times. What have been some of the drivers of that anxiety in your life, and what have been ways that you've managed to deal with it positively? Hmm. 
Well, this is interesting. And this episode idea is coming out of something that I've noticed both in myself and the world at large. Uh, I have been known to occasionally, not when, you know, and I'm not reading very important books and doing very important work, <laughs> of course, uh, turn on TikTok. <gasps> Gasp! And one of the common threads I found, at least in my algorithm, is people with anxiety. Mm. Now, people do funny jokes about it. People have things. But what I notice is that a lot of people are connecting with and experiencing uh, uh uh, the feeling yeah. of anxious thoughts and, ang- yes. and anxiety. And obviously that's going to be something that's very present, especially after the past few years of the pandemic yeah. and, and uh, elections and just things that will make someone generally anxious. But I found in both my life and the lives of people on TikTok and just interpersonally, like we both talked about yeah. that anxiety has uh, risen, uh, for lack of a better yeah. word, risen in the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Yeah. And it could be because now, over the past, like, since the 90s, it's been slowly rising. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that this is due to a fad, right? Sure. And meaning, okay, one person talks about it. Oh, that I, I don't feel good all the time. I must have anxiety. Social contagion. Sort exactly. Of you know, it's an identity kind of thing. Right. Like, um, you know, I, I, I do know people who who find identity in being cared for or having right. a problem. And, so, and if we, if we, you have a negative, a negative feelings, now that becomes a source of social bonding. Exactly. I'm a part of the group who, sure. all, who everyone else is experiencing anxiety, i.e. TikTok. Um, it could also be that everyone has always experienced tons of anxiety. Mm. We just didn't talk about it. Right. And now maybe in this modern age, yep. when we're allowed to talk about our mental health a little more, people are talking about it or as Jonathan Haidt suggests, it is as a result of external factors in right. our world, that whether it's social media or news or uh, happenings around the yeah. world, contagions, you know, these kinds of things. Maybe it's as a result of that. My bet would be it's probably a mix of all of them. That's <laughs> usually a, that's a yeah, good bet. <laughs> that's usually a good bet. And I'm going to say it's so that's kind of the where I, I will talk from this from. Sure. So, but that's not really the question. The question is how do we deal with it, exactly. right? So it turns out everybody has it all of a sudden. Right. Um, or they always have. But the question is, how do we deal with that? I've seen a lot of different people suggest a lot of different things. And as someone who has, is actually medically diagnosed with an anxiety disease, right. OCD, I have a little more insight into this and history into what is actually helpful and what is actually not helpful. Yeah. Uh, immediately after that, I can so What go, are some of the things that are not helpful? Well, yeah, I can tell <laughs> the things that are not helpful. Um, one of the things that I see going around is people ca- trying to either capitalize the, on this mm. or promise quick fixes. Um, one thing is anxiety is not going to disappear in a day right. and there are no quick fixes. Unfortunately, believe me, I wish there were, I <laughs> yeah. searched Google far and wide for yeah. quick fixes, but unfortunately I do believe that anxiety is here to stay both sure, yeah. culturally and personally. And anyone promising you, even any pastor, any guru promising you that you can get rid of this quick is lying to you yeah. um, because anxiety is a real mental um, condition that for whatever reason does exist in there. So, Today, I do want to explore. Okay, so I, I want to get that out of the way first. Sure, sure, sure. That people you're not going to problem if you're looking for this episode to get something that will get rid of quickly, quickly yes. your anxiety. This is probably not the episode for you. But yes. I do want to validate and say, you feel anxiety. You're good. You're part of the group. You're a part of. You're human. Yeah. We we all feel anxiety. We're all scared. It's the human condition. But now, what do we do with it? Yeah. Uh, so, like as I was saying. The things that I've you know, been told in my anxiety journey is just try to think positive thoughts. <laughs> if you worked out more, if you do yoga, um, you know, you, you should pray more, sure. um, you know, all these things. And while they might have short-term uh, uh, effectiveness, yeah, I think what we're trying to get at today is what are long-term yeah. ways we can actually get to the root of this and maybe start making a difference in lowering those levels of anxiety in our life. Not yes. just, I can distract myself with, you know, a couple beers or play video games or do drugs. But if you're going to have to deal with anxiety, some degree of anxiety for the rest of your life, how can you build practices or habits or things like that that will make that less? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And before we jump into that, Joseph, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this anxiety epidemic, as sure. they call it, <laughs> uh, why it's here. And yeah, yeah, and maybe your sure, experience. Sure, sure. So, yeah, because, because you know, if we can identify the problem more precisely, it might help us with, with where there's solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I, mean, I think one of the things that I think I, you know, I mentioned, uh, Jonathan Haidt and, and, uh, Jill Slipovetsky, I, I, I like some of what they have to say on it because like, you know, for Jonathan Haidt, one of his, you mentioned are, maybe we're just, you know, people are, are just, if we've always been this anxious and depressed, yeah. but we've, we just not 
we've been lying about it. Yes. Um, because it's not been this socially acceptable. Fair enough. It hasn't been as socially acceptable before. Yeah. Um, his argument against that is that we are seeing an uptick in suicides as well. Mm. And so it seems like there's something real going on, but it probably is compounded by a bunch of people who finally are able to express yes, what they've always absolutely. been expressing. So it's probably a combination of thereof, like you said. I think that his theory of, of some external factors of like, you know, social media exacerbating it prior to that, the 24 hour news cycle, because it was the nineties that things really started to kind of rise, depression start, and, and anxiety started to rise. So I think that like, you know, again, social media, particularly for young girls, the, the data is pretty clear that social media and Instagram things are, are, are bad for young teen girls, yeah. things like that. So I think that's a part of it. I do think um, the fact that, you know, we, you know, people, what's interesting is that and it's a sort of a solution to oriented, this will get to the only people during the pandemic, the only demographic group whose mental health, both anxiety and depression, actually upticked were people who weekly went to religious services. Oh. <laughs> While everybody else took a dive in, in 2020. That's the problem. I was a backslider. <laughs> exactly. Same. <laughs> but so what is it now again? We can you can use that in different ways and say, like, you know, but it, it but one of the things is, oh, being part of a, so I think one of the things that says the Jill Savetsky theory that the weakening of social institutions that bind us to communities, into rhythms, into and into as a part of story. So, mm. you know, getting, you know, um, weakening our bonds with our family and the church and God and things like that, okay. I think are his theory. He talked about hypermodern times increases anxiety because those things increase anxiety because they make the real world less secure. So it's like, OK, okay. if you don't. If you're not as close to your family, if something goes wrong, you don't have people to help you out. Okay. If you're, you know, if you're not as close to God, then it's like, okay, if something goes wrong, God's not there to help you out. Sure. You, know? you don't have those to fall back and on so, mentally. So it's like, you know, there's a, so I think, so I think a lot of that is like, we feel internally anxious because our world feels more externally less safe, even though technically like we were, we're more safe from murder things like that, or from poverty than we ever have been. You know, our parents, they had like our, they had a job that they always knew was going to be there. Well, this is interesting that you bring this up. Yes. The, the, technically, like you said, we are more taken care of, more safe. Our right. cars have better safety features. Our neighborhoods are very often more safe. We have less worry of bodily harm right. than almost, in, no, than any time yeah. in history. history. Yeah. Yet we're more anxious. And be, I, I, before we get to something else, um, but that, that's interesting to me because what that would say to me is anxiety isn't necessarily about yes. physical reality, yes, but right. it, it's an emotional and mental uncertainty. And that leads me into real yes. quick, I want to go over, because we say this word anxiety a lot, right? Uh, yes, it is. It's said a million times on TikTok, um, I have anxiety, this is making me anxious, I'm feeling anxiety tonight. But I kind of want to get just a very loose and basic definition of what we're dealing with here. Yeah. What is anxiety? I've heard a lot of different definitions. Um, you know, one of the ones that's, I think, popular and you see the memes going around is anxiety is worrying about the things that could happen mm -hmm. um, and going and ruminating on them over and over and over, yeah. over and over again. The, the undesirable things that could happen over and over and over again. But and that I do think that is yeah, an, a, a, a way that anxiety yeah. manifests. But I don't think it's the only definition. No. What I have found also is that a lot of people have been talking to me, and I also see this reflected in media um, by that social media, is it's not even tied to something. Yeah. It's it's a little ineffable. It's not tied to oh, I'm going to lose my job, my wife is going to leave mm -hmm. me. It's it's I woke up and I feel this sense of dread and unease. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong necessarily in my life, but I cannot shake this. Yeah. And this sentiment is more and more prevalent, at least in my world. And while sometimes you can tie it to something, like I lost my job right. or I need to move or my best friend you know, betrayed me, um, very often it's there regardless yeah. of the quote unquote circumstances. So that's interesting to me. Yes. Um, that and that would say to me that it is an interior thing and something is making us feel like that. Right. And what do we do? Yes. So, yeah. So, so, the, so, what, so, so we sort of talk about the cultural. Yeah. Yes. I think that the, I think it's good. I, I, for, for, for me personally, the way I experience anxiety, so it's, I, I think is 
a, a feeling of the fact that the things that are important to making me feel secure are not secure. Mm. And, and even if I can't pinpoint them, because a lot of times I can't yeah. it, it, until I actually get those things restored. And I'm like, oh, I actually feel better now. Um, but it's, you know, so, so, so I feel like, again, whether it's, I want somebody to like me, I'm, you know, I don't know if they will like me or not. So I feel anxious. And so oh. it, there, or it's like, you know, or again, you know, so uh, there's, there's certain things like that, that that's how I experience anxiety. It's so anxiety is a little bit of the things that fall out of our control. Exactly. Ooh, yes. Still caring about those things. Yeah. Ca- things that we care about, about falling out, of our, out of our control. Yes. Oh, that's an interesting definition. And I think this one that works really well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, let, let's use kind of the basic, the, an amalgamation of Joseph and I said yeah. for this is kind of the anxiety we're all feeling. Um, and so how has that been in your experience in your life and how have you kind of found ways of doing yeah, that? Yeah, that's really interesting. And you can listen to old episodes. We yeah. will have a particular point of view on this and some things that have helped me and we've shared them. But yeah, like you were saying, a lot of anxiety roots out of this. I cannot control these things in my life. Yes. And you know, control is kind of a bad word. We're not supposed to say like, we're not supposed to want to control things, but it's also very human to to want to control things. I want to control where I live. I want to control that I get to eat tonight. And so you could say it's evolutionary, uh, evolutionary that we uh, need to control something. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I rely on something. Yeah. And society has gotten a lot better when we've been able to control like, you know, not being outside in the cold when it's raining mm-hmm. and things like that, you know, so like there's good reasons to like be some control over things. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and put your minds at rest. I don't think that there's anything wrong with the desire hmm. to control good, worthy things in your life. And I understand that desire, even if it's as small as I want to control where I go to dinner. I understand that you yeah. want to have the best possible experience, et cetera, et cetera. And that can go all the way up to, I want to control that I don't lose my job because of another pandemic, right? Um, which is a really big, scary thing. And that's totally understandable. So yeah. I do want to say that it's understandable, I think, in a lot of ways. And you're not weird and it's not wrong that you're feeling anxious. Yeah. And I have heard those messages uh, before from religious people that, you know, cause, and they quote, just be anxious for nothing. Yeah. And that is what God wants for us. But he also understands how humans work. Right. Uh, I don't think that is a, if you are anxious that you're immediately not following God. Right. So you're in good company. I think most people have been anxious and are anxious in, in some way, shape or form. The way I have dealt with it in my life is the interesting thing about my OCD is it's called the brand of OCD I have is called contamination OCD, which is um, it you know, things get dirty. Imagine again, like a, a, um, a, uh, germs, right? Ah, sure. This is a classic one. It's not necessarily mine, but it's a classic one where, you know, this person touches something that's quote unquote dirty, who shakes the hand of someone who then goes and touches your back and then someone else touches your back. And so all of a sudden this dirtiness is it's just like spread. monk. Yes. It's just like monk. It's jungle out there. And it's the interesting. TV show, yeah, yes. they are, exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting because since I was very little, my contamination, uh, my OCD deals around contamination. And very quickly, I learned I couldn't control the world <laughs> because I would want there not to be this thing that's caused me a lot of mental anguish, but there's no way to contain it. Yeah. It is outside of the power I have. Right. And one of the best practices that I was ever given by my therapists was you do, and this is really hard. I'm not saying this is easy, but eventually you have to come to an uh, an acceptance, a radical acceptance, even that there are going to be things that are outside of your control and you'll never be able right. to control them. We live in a chaotic, broken world where yeah. people die, people lose jobs, people get divorced, people get betrayed. And this is really difficult to deal with. And so one of the first steps is realizing that while you have this need and desire to control things is that, yes, you can make good decisions, wise decisions that yeah. Uh, you know, fortify you better against the chaos of life. But at the end of the day, we live in a broken world where terrible things not just can happen, but will happen. Yeah. And they will happen to you and I. And um, and that's really hard. And that no one wants to say that. Yeah. But we will experience terrible things and terrible things will happen in your life. And it sounds weird, but just accepting that reality it was a really big step for me. Mm. Accepting that I live in a dirty world, I can't control it and it will never be clean mm. was a big step into me learning to manage my, my anxiety disease, my OCD. Mm. Because when I, when I lived with the belief that I could control everyone and don't touch this thing and don't touch me, and the, 
I was constantly disappointed and constantly anxious because I was trying to control everything. Mm. And that desire to control everything was actually affecting me negatively. Um, I still struggle with it. This is not me having gotten over it. But when I said, when I remind myself, Nathan, you won't be able to control this. By the way, I have follow-up steps. This is the only one. Sorry. Thank God. Bad things are going to happen. Oh, well. Too bad. (laughs) I have follow-ups, but I want to hear yours first. But that was one of the first things that really helped me. And you see this a lot reflected in the Stoics. And Marcus Aurelius talks about- If you want to talk to what we we had a whole episode on Stoicism, you want to hear more of our thoughts on that specifically. And one of the reasons it was so meaningful to me is because I had experienced so much of this anxiety in my life. And Marcus Aurelius, he's talking about the anxiety around death. Mm. And he suggests people rather than just trying to, you know, eat a healthy food or worry about, yes, those are all good things, by the way, Uh, working out, eating healthy food, avoiding dangerous situations, great. But he said, contemplate, it sounds really weird, contemplate the worst possible outcome of whatever you're doing and up to death Mm -hmm. and that you're going to die. And the more you make peace with the reality of the situation that we're all going to die, the more peace you can have in this current moment. But the more you try to avoid that thought, you're just going to spend your time and effort trying to avoid the anxious, uh, difficult thoughts and trying to control yourself away from this inevitable outcome. So for me, the first step is acceptance. The world is a broken yeah. place. We will not be able to control everything and bad things will happen. Yeah. That is just the first step. Uh, I will get to another step in a minute, but Joseph, thoughts? Sure. Yes. No, I think that that's really great. I think that's, that ties into, I think, one of the reasons that specifically um, uh, uh, going to church um, right, or regular religious services has been yes. helpful for people is that it does give you a way of putting your control need for control somewhere oh. tell a story of like i'm not in control but somebody else who is worthy of that control is in control whatever okay. you think of that story if you buy into that story it it does have a place for you to put that need for control somewhere yeah um, so that would make sense again i'm not i don't know the study but that would make sense if yes. that was helpful for you that would be could be a reason why yes that that that, that was helpful um I think, you know, for me, I think, you know, again, I, I haven't struggled with anxiety as much as a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, but I, I think probably, probably like mid 2020 and early 2021 were two of, uh, were two of the times I had the most anxiety and depression mm. that I probably had in my entire life, except for maybe like a couple of times early, early on in my twenties. But, um, and I, I was really struck. I was shocked by it. Because mm-hmm. I was surprised I'd never, I didn't remember feeling this way ever if, if in a long time, if ever. And what I, I discovered sort of what was going on for me was among other things, I was in a situation where I, I felt like the world was, was too um, dangerous for me okay. and I had no safety net. Uh, and things so, you couldn't control. Things, there were things I couldn't control, and I felt weak against a scary, powerful world. Mm. And what I, I thought that if I, and I also thought that I wanted the respect of my friends, and I thought that if I admitted to them how weak I felt, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't respect me anymore. I didn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I well, stopped respecting uh, you that day. <laughs> exactly. Well, here, here's the, here's the, well, we'll get to that. I mean, he's joking, by the way. But we will get to that. Um, but no, is um, and so what I actually found was that doing the things that I was scared of doing, mm. doing the things I was scared of doing, is actually admitting my weakness to my friends. Mm. And admitting the ways I wasn't living up to the person I wanted to be. So socially was what I needed because by doing that, I actually proved to myself that, that I was wrong. Okay. That they didn't lose respect for me because of that. And the people who did lose respect for me, I found that I didn't need their respect as much oh, as I thought I did. Interesting. So it's pushing, I, you know, as an actor, I used to have as a kid, yeah, I'm an extrovert. I like performing all that but I dealt with stage fright. Yeah. I, not a lot of people think that of me, but I did deal with stage fright early on. And um, it's interesting when, and I would always get tempted to be like, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to yeah. walk off and I'm going to go live comfortably and I won't have to face this anxiety. Yes. But when I went on that stage and did it, by the way, even when I messed up or embarrassed myself or whatever, yes. I felt a peace when I just went over that hump and exactly. did it. Yeah. Even when the thing I was so scared of actually happened. Yes. It was, there yes. was still, yes. one, it wasn't as bad exactly. as I thought it was going to be. Because anxiety does lie to you until you, things are going to be way worse than they are. Yeah. Two, it happened and I served, I, I lived. Yes. I was okay and the world kept going. So the other thing that went on was I had 
you know, and people, this is, will be relatable to a lot of people. I had problems and disputations with my landlord. Like that was a scary thing for me because this, yes. this is where I'm going to live. Yes. And, and so it's like, and I thought, and I, I wasn't experienced at dealing with legal things with my landlord, Yeah. you know? And so, but I actually made it through that. I, mm. I, I used, you know, I, I, the resources I had and, and again, that was something I was scared of admitting to my friends. Cause I thought mm. like, you know, I, I'm an adult. I can't handle this. They're yeah. going to lose respect for me, but it's like they, you know, most of them did lose respect for me and actually conquering the dragon of the thing that I was scared of, even like conquering, like surviving, yes. you know, it's like, I realized I am the kind of person who is capable of actually, um, uh, facing the dangers of the world okay. more than I thought I was. So you, it was something about you proved to yourself. I proved to myself I was actually stronger than I thought I and was. And that reinforced for next time, hey, I did this last time. Exactly. I made it through. I'm not going to be as scared because I know I'm the kind of person who's capable of yeah. facing rejection from other people. Yes. Losing their respect and being okay with Even it. Even when the thing you were anxious about happened. Exactly. You were okay. Exactly. So that's one thing that's, and I uh, oftentimes they call it like exposure therapy. Yes. And oh yeah. Not my fa They do that in OCD. They yeah. say, oh, you, you know, have, so you are OCD about, uh, I don't know, um, coins. Yeah. Here's a <laughs> whole bunch of change. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Dig your hands in there. And it's so scary. Yeah. I was forced to do, not forced. I For did sure, this yeah. to get over my OCD. It's so, it hurts almost, almost yeah. viscerally and physically right. hurts when you do this. And your therapist is there and they're patting the back, everything's okay. And you sit there and then all of a sudden you're okay. Yeah. And there's a piece and you come down. Yes, it's still dirty. Yes, it's still difficult, but you made it. Exactly. Because you made yourself get over that hump and so, do this thing. So those are two things. Like, you know, if you're keeping track, everyone, it's like accept the things you can't control. Mm. Do enough of the things that you're scared of doing that you learn, A, that they may not be as actually scary as you think. Yes. It's like, oh, I have a lot of friends who still had respect for me. Yes, after they anxiety lies to you. Anxiety lies to you. So it's like, dude, anxiety lies to you. So do the things. And then also you find out you're the kind of person who can handle things yeah. when the things you're scared of, when they do happen. Yes. So those are those are two things to do that we found. What are, what is it, What is another one that you found? That's been so I'm going <laughs> to, it's interesting you mentioned anxiety and depression. Yes. And how often these They're things so tied go together. hand in hand. Yeah. And if you stopped at my first step, I think you're going to find yourself in depression. Mm. So let's say you, you do accept, okay, bad things are going to happen. And I've gone there in my mind, you know, I, let's say I'm worried about losing my job and then you lose your job, but you've accepted <laughs> yes, that it's a reality yes, and you yes. accepted it. Okay, great. I accepted it. I made it over the hump, like you said, and here I am with no job and I was anxious about it. And the thing happened yeah. that I was anxious about. And to me, that's what I want to talk about a little bit yes. is even when you do accept, because that was my first step, you must accept that the world, bad things are going to happen. Uh, and you talked about pushing yourself through those difficult yeah. things and seeing that one, they might not be as bad as you thought they were. Um, or two, you're the kind of person who can survive and grow from them. Um, but sometimes they are as bad yes. as you worry yeah. about them. I don't want to promise you false no, no, hope yeah. that yes, anxiety does lie and it inflates, but sometimes but it doesn't always lie. <laughs> yes. And that's, I think that's what we're always scared of. Is yeah. it lying this time? Yes. And so, yes, acceptance is great. And this is a first step, accepting the world's a broken place. The second step, and that you can't control anything. The second step is you mentioned people who went to church, people who engaged with yeah. their faith and allowed control to fall out of their hands, mm -hmm. but not just out of their hands into someone else's. Yes. Is the important thing here. And yeah, I, 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 have, I love all of our atheistic um, listeners. We love you. But for me, I, I can't exist just letting go of control. I don't. Yeah. I think the Stokes are great with step one. Yes. But where they where they fall for me is step two. Okay, I've accepted the terrible thing. Yeah. I've even experienced a ter terrible thing. But now I'm depressed because yeah. it did happen and I accepted it. What do I do now? Yeah. And the wonderful thing about faith uh, that I found in my faith is, like you said, Joseph, you you do let go of the control. You hand it over to someone else. By the way, this is not a Calvinistic uh, uh, no, 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 no. way of thinking. Pure that, God sovereignty. Kind yeah, of thing. that God's just going to control everything and do only good things for you. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. The thing that you see throughout scripture over and over again is 
Jesus actually, and, and the disciples actually promising that bad things are going to happen. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no. Bad things are going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not here to fix your problems. Bad things are going to happen. But the control aspect isn't in God, you know, not letting bad things happen no. to you or you not experiencing pain or you not losing your job yeah. or something bad not happening to you. The control aspect that you're give, giving to God is saying, okay, so a bad thing might happen. I've letting go of control I can't, that I can't control. But at the end of the day, and by the end of the day, I mean, at the end of time, the end of our lives, God has promised, we believe in a faith that he promised he's going to make all things all right. Things right. Which I think is a really powerful thing. Yeah. When you walk through life saying, okay, terrible things might happen. Yeah. The worst things. I'm accepting mm-hmm. that. But I am following a God who at the end of it gets the last word. Yes. But at the very end of it, well, there's a beautiful phrase, and I can't, I don't know who said it, but it, it's I'm going to undo all the um uh you know oh, oh yes I oh it might be CS Lewis. But I think it might be yeah. it, wait because yeah, he's always the same he's the same one. It's like um all I was like. What was it? Um, I think it's as like it's like all she's did shall come undone. Yes, something like that. It was like yeah. And so even if I don't even see it in this lifetime, right? Everything painful and the terrible things. If I lose loved ones, if I experience sickness, yeah. Both of these things, uh, Joseph and I have experienced in yes. our personal lives. These things will be undone because we are living for an eternal place where we have a Creator who who will make things right. Well, all the injustice we experience here yeah. will be made right. And so that has this effect on my psyche when I'm feeling anxious that I might not even experience in this lifetime the right to the wrongness I've been worrying about and just maybe even maybe I've accepted that it's going to happen but I'm following someone who promises that there will be right well we talked about this in our episode one of our first episodes this year about well does life have meaning the reason that people are attracted to meaning even over happiness mm. is because happiness is rel- is is relies upon things happening to you that are happy or having an emotion that's happy. Yes. But what meaning does is it puts all the happy times and the sad times in the context of a story. Yes. So even the sad times in a sense become happy because you're part of a story that is ultimately happy. Oh, interesting. So that's why people are so attracted to life having meaning. Yes. Even more than happiness. Sometimes They'll, they'll, they'll go for unhappiness. Like, you know, the martyrs of the faith, like we'll, we'll uh, do things that are painful to for the be- greater because for the greater happiness. Well, Paul even talked about the greater joy that lays ahead. Precisely, precisely. And so that is something I have found really does mitigate yeah. my anxiety. When I can, uh, I think Dan Allender, he's a, he's a psychologist, and he talks about pulling out from the immediate and looking at the thirty thousand foot view, right. and it's saying, okay, I'm, I'm so locked in this immediate right now. Right. This I, I can't think. I'm anxious. I'm worried, but try and this is this takes practice it, it is difficult i'm not saying it's an easy process but attempting to pull yourself out and look at the eternal con- context right. of your experience and say this too shall pass right um and not only pass but it, this too will be made, be made right yes it will be restored it will be redeemed yes even if it takes my entire life i still have hope and that living with that vision i has really helped me mitigate the Absolutely. difficult and anxious now, feelings course, of depression I felt. On well. the flip side, you know, I have been a part of a, environments and churches that have um, uh, have encouraged that to the degree that encourages a kind of passivity. Yes, and I have this my, <laughs> and, and so, which which is sort of like you know where one of the great breakthroughs for me was 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 the exposure therapy element of it, where there are certain things you can't control. Yes, and doing your life that make you actually feel stronger. Yes. Like you're more capable of handling those things. You don't have to just have things uh, come at you. So yes. I do want to hear about that. Well, and I was going to say the, the theological additive to this is that, w- yes, this is how we want to live with that God will someday make everything right, right and that everything will be put right. But the theological thing I want to say in response to that, we're not just waiting for things. Right. Okay, everything's bad now is that that work begins now. Yes. That God's redemptive work begins now. You need to participate in that. Yes, it's fits and starts, and there's still terrible things happening. But when something terrible happens, let's say you lost your apartment, how beautiful would it be if someone said, why don't you come live with me? That's a beautiful yes. thing, and the friendship gets stronger. You can be a part of righting the wrongs right now. Yeah. Um, and so one is, yes, eventually all things will be made right. 
and we have to accept that the world is broken now, but two is things are in the process with God of being made right right now. Yeah. So it is saying, what can I do in my world? What do I have in my power? Yes. Not, not, not expecting, outside your power. Yes, but in my power to start righting the wrongs of yeah. the world. So that might be calling a friend. Or if, it, if you're the one who's experiencing things, that might be getting therapy. I'm righting the wrongs in my mind right now. That might be doing something in the immediate for your mental health or for your spiritual health. Yeah. And so, yes, it's a both and. And it's really yes. difficult to juggle these things. But yes, the world's terrible and bad things will happen, but you can also be a part of um, the work that will end up in everything being right, made right right now. I want to read a couple of things because we asked this question to our uh, overthinkers group. Uh, I want to read a couple of the um, responses that a couple of our uh, friends there have uh, talked about. Hold on, if I could just actually pull these things up because I had a, um, uh, um, we have a Wally Plock that says, um, I read an old classic by Dale Carnegie, how to stop worrying mm. and start living. So reading books that are helpful. There are a lot of yes. good books that are helpful to, um, uh, to, to give you practical tips like we have, yeah. you know, we've done here. There's a lot of uh, good people with that. Um, Abby Johnson says, a combination of counseling, medication, and learning to name and talk about my anxiety to people I'm close mm. to. So yeah, we were big advocates for therapy on this. Yes. You know, like if, if you are having these consistent problems, getting help in that way. Yes. It's a, it's a really good one. And again, like, like I said, you know, being able to have a Bible study where I talk to people yes. about these things with. Um, uh, Kristen Rachel uh, Kenobi said, uh, exercise has been yeah. a part of it. And again, that's another thing. Well, see, one of the things I, I think is really cool about exercise is it, people talk about exercise, oh, it builds the chemicals in you. Yeah. One of the things that is that it actually is a way of proving to yourself yes. that you are capable of disciplining yourself, that you are capable of you know, pushing against hard things. And, and so, in the process, you're actually, quote unquote, becoming stronger. stronger. Yes. Exactly. And More so, resilient. Yeah. Well, I think I really, I mean, so th those are some really great things um, by, our, by our, our people in the Facebook group, well, which you should join. Uh, and, the, and they're inspiring. I want to add one last yes. tip here, a tip. Tips and tricks to oh, <laughs> conquer your anxiety. Yeah. But the one last thing I would say, because I've talked about a lot of the long-term, right. bigger context and radical acceptance. You talked about pushing yourself through, you know, these really difficult long-term yes. practices uh, that are difficult. Short-term um, stuff. But. Yeah, and, and seeing the world in a, an eternal context. And But the short-term is kind of what we talked about a second ago is, so we talked about a long-term, but there are, there's yes. a huge benefit to the short-term answers. Yes. Sometimes you aren't able to radically accept things. Sometimes yeah. you feel unable to see the world in the context of uh, God's eyes. Yeah. So what can you do in the interim that would make a difference? And here are a couple things that have worked for me. Sometimes yeah. I can't grapple with the big questions of life. I'm. It's too much in yeah. my mind and I need distraction. Yes. And I know that sounds, uh, people talk about this very negatively. Oh, video games or, or you know, but whatever it is for you, maybe it's going on a walk. Maybe it's watching a movie. Maybe it's watching a comforting TV show. Maybe it's playing video games like me. Yeah. But sometimes when you can't grapple with the big things, those are things you do every day and you, in the long term, but in the short term, getting your mind, just switching gears for a yeah. second can kind of rock you out yes. of that spiral you are in. And to have those things in place, my wife knows how important when I'm getting worked up and anxious with my OCD, go, go play video games, Nathan. Yeah. I think you need it right now. Yeah. And that really is helpful. And that actually rocks me out of my current situation so I can look at the, the yes. grand overall. Oh, yeah. I will, I'm, again, like, you know, I will, I will watch some dumb let's play video on YouTube. Yes. It's just, it's just enough of a distraction. It gets my brain kind of like not fried yes so that they can then come fresh with other things yes and work on the long-term exactly but you but, need those short-term things to help you precisely no that's i think that's that's where so we got you know for short term it's like if you're feeling really anxious give yourself some space do something that's comforting that helps you to reset and i haven't i have two more oh but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, no, go, go uh and then i was gonna say then we have we have a long-term stuff which is yes acceptance uh exposure, exposing yourself, doing the hard things yes. so that you feel stronger and more capable and they yep. don't seem as scary. Accepting, then also giving giving it to God, giving it to something somewhere. I advocate for the Christian God, yes. but put it somewhere. And with an eternal with context. With an eternal context. That, um, yeah. And and so so what's, okay, then- In the what, short term, so distracting yourself, then I'd also add um, 
this is it it's a popular term but self-care yes these are things that will actually benefit you not yes. not just a distraction is great and, and yeah, i'm but, so, but, but, but good this is good yeah but this is things like one of our overthinkers mentioned working out yes this is things like eating a healthy meal this yeah. is because yes this is emotional spiritual mental problem but all those things are affected by the physical yeah and when you actually do and this again is another long-term work but you do invest in a short-term doing something healthy for yourself yes uh putting down that glass of alcohol in, in drinking a glass of water um, how you dare know, you yeah how dare <laughs> <laughs> but these healthy things uh, and by the way these can be treat yourself things get a massage yeah oh my gosh massages have have totally changed my life in the short term and yeah. enable me to get back on that long-term path but doing the self-care uh things that are healthy for you my last one is and this is what a lot of um uh, therapists suggest is and it's not what i'm really drawn to sure. but it's um volunteering or serving someone else ah yes because it gets you out of the spiral of your own problems yes and you actually start helping someone in theirs and you're not just helping theirs it does actually help you yes well because i mean this is one of the things we talked again like we're gonna be get tired of me talking about this but talk about burnout and yeah you know the rise in burnout in our culture and again burnout is not exhaustion burnout is we talk about meaning feeling like this the work you're doing is meaningless yeah and volunteering you get to see in very real terms something good you're doing really helping somebody else oh yeah and, well and this is why when my friends tell me they're depressed i tell them they should do something for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should and, buy me something and you know what they probably does help them <laughs> well i'm a great husband because you know when my wife says she's depressed i say you know what you should do right now give me a massage <laughs> <laughs> this will help you you're welcome and she rolls her eyes but then you're like but did it help though? yeah <laughs> hey don't hate to play i hate the game but, um, but no i i like our delineation between short-term and long-term yes. solutions and that's just reality yeah um, but i hope some of these did help yeah some listeners this is a complicated difficult issue it will not be fixed in a podcast but maybe it was maybe <laughs> well, hope, i hope that you know joking aside i hope that this has been given you a place to start and a frame to think about these mm, things yeah because it is a short-term problem it is a long-term problem it's also a physical problem. One person talked about medications. Like, yeah. you know, it's a physical problem. It's also a spiritual problem. It's also, you know, a mental problem. It's all of these problems. And yeah. if you're dealing with those problems, it's, it's very valid. It's very fair. There's nothing You're also not you. alone. You're not alone. And there's nothing, you know, more wrong with you than anybody else. Yes. Is. And I think the thing that even helped me is trying things. Yeah. Because you don't know what's actually going to be helpful for you. And, you know, God wants you to be a part of his project of redeeming the world. Yeah. And so any way that you can figure out that is able to help you become the person who's able to do that is a worthwhile investment. Yes, absolutely. So try some of our stuff yes. out. Let us know if it does help you at all. Exactly. And, and if it's helped, we would love that. If it makes you worse. <laughs> well, also I guess let us let know, us know. So, <laughs> yeah. so that we don't maybe give that advice in the future. <laughs> but uh, this is the thing that's really going to solve your anxiety. Our next segment, blessings, blessings and curses. Yes. This will fix everything. Short term, but yeah. still, <laughs> you know, watch one of the thing or read one of the things we recommend, mm -hmm. and it will give you some short term help. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So we're going to, of course, as segments, we do uh, bless a work of art or a resource or something. Uh, that we recommend to you and curse something we want you to stay away from. So, Nathan, what are your blessings and curses for anxiety? Okay, well, it's one of yours is really on the nose. <laughs> it really is on accident, by the way. We had no yes. idea we're doing this this episode. Uh, it was kind of a surprise one, but I'm reading a book right now. I just picked it up, and I'm always in the hunt for good books. Mm. Um, You're good at that. Yes. Finding good, finding new. It's good a books. joy to me. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, this book is called Anxious People. The book <laughs> yeah. is called Anxious People. I can't remember the author's name. Um, uh, but they're best runaway bestseller. Really, I got to tell you, this book is one of the most enjoyable and deeply insightful, moving even books I have read in a long mm. time. And it was a bit of a surprise. I thought it was going to be fun, and interesting. One, it's incredibly pithy. It's incredibly page turning. It is about a a failed bank robbery and the failed bank robber goes and holds oh, a hostage eight people in an apartment who were there looking at an open house apartment <laughs> and then the ensuing story the interviews with the people the character development 
And in this kind of farcical context and setup emerges these deep insights about humanity, about anxiety, about depression, about hope, about God, um, while being so pithily funny and entertaining at the same time. And rarely can things strike so well on yeah. both of these levels to be both deep and insightful and hilarious and engaging. Oh, awesome. And so I, I, again, I haven't got to the end of the book, so it maybe just ends terribly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do it. I'm, it is a tentative bless. If, if, it, if it ends up being bad, he'll curse it later. Yes, exactly. But right now, about halfway through, it is just, I, I wholeheartedly bless this. It's fantastic. And maybe this might be something that will comfort you, yeah. at least in the joy, if not the insight. Yeah. So um, yeah, check it out. It's called Anxious People. It's a great book uh, thus far. Uh, my curse, I'm going to go easy today. I can't think of anything really specific. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to curse. I'm going to tell you what I did during the pandemic that I found very helpful for me. And I'm going to curse the thing I wasn't doing previously, which was social media. Uh, <laughs> it's a little you're easy. Gonna curse all of social well, media. Little, yes, it has great. Um, and I, I'll say I didn't actually get rid of social media. I just learned to use it better. Yeah. My old practice was waking up reading all the news, scrolling through all the things that people were doing or saying, all the fights on Twitter. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's a natural human draw to be yeah. part of that. I found at some point, and, and I had all this pressure around me too, um, from people be saying- Be engaged. Yes, be engaged. Yep. And at some point I, I had to stop caring what they said. And I said, I can't. Yeah. This is not good for my mental health. Yeah. I'm more anxious every day. Yeah. And so I am cursing social media, at least a big aspect of it. <laughs> And I'm giving you permission, if you're listening to this, to do that with me. Absolutely. And turn it off. Stop checking the news for a, a week. Yeah. Enjoy life. Wake up and have a cup of coffee rather than open your phone. Yeah. Go watch a funny movie. Play a video game. Go on a walk. Work out. I'm, social media has, in my case, added a lot of anxiety to yeah. my life. And so learning how to use social media better was a big I would say factor. One of the things that was really helpful for me, I didn't get rid of social media, but I... I Called my follows very oh, interesting, and so I was like, you know, because I was also things like I have to expose myself to to all different, different po points all, of view. all different points of view, and I still do that, but I I drastically called it, and basically it's only people who benefit me to listen to and yes. I give me joy, make me insight, so like that. People who are are angry and divisive and bitter, they just got rid of all. Of and by the way, there are you can still do this thing where you look at multiple points of view. Yes. But you can look at them from people who aren't angry and bitter. Like exactly, you said. there are liberals and conservatives, Christians and atheists who I know are not jerks who <laughs> totally disagree with each other, but are happy people. Yes, and I am able to listen to a different point of view than mine. Yes, while still not destroying your mental health. <laughs> exactly. So yes. again, I'm so not either 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 or either you can you know cut it out and go you know drastically to well, Turkey, or you can just drastically call. Your social yes. media and both those things would give you complete permission to do. Yes, it, it, actually, I encourage, encourage you. To you to do it, it really helped me. So those are my blesses and really wide cop out curse. But sure, it's a that's, curse fair. that's fair. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> um, so my first bless is what I, I would I think is probably my favorite movie of 2021. Wow, is um, the Outside Story. <gasps> we watched this after an, we recorded an episode one time. Oh my gosh, I agree. Yes. Continue. It's it's a story about somebody who has high anxiety. He's yep. an introvert, does not like to leave his apartment. Um, his job is, you know, uh, editing videos. And, but he breaks up with his girlfriend, and she was the interface for the outside world for him, essentially. This is him a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he has to actually do a bunch of things that scare him, engage with his community, mm. and all those things. And it shows how he grows as a person doing those things and learns, oh, the ways that, you know, and, and so it's a great picture of him doing the internal work yeah. for himself, yeah. accepting the thing, and even accepting the things that he was trying to control and he shouldn't, like uh, in his relationship. And letting go of the things he and, can't. And letting go of things he can't, but then also then taking responsibility for um, being courageous. In ways. Yeah. I think it is, it is one of the best movies of giving you, by showing, advice on how to be you know, uh, on, on, on improving your mental health, by the way, without talking about it, but it is, it. it's a comedy too. Yes. It's, it's so this much is not a drama. They, they took on the question of mental health and anxiety in a way that makes you smile and laugh and to relate to one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long it's time. It's really 
both like like the book I suggested, both enjoyable yeah. and insightful. There are a couple of things I don't like about it. So I know a few of you are going to watch it and say, oh, there's this scene. I'm like, yes, I know this scene you're talking about. I didn't like it either, but it's a great movie. Remember. You watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so callous. <laughs> yes, exactly. Your soul, your soul is already gone. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, but no, it's a great movie. You should watch it. Uh, um, I definitely recommend it. Okay, so that's, that's my blast. The curse, I'm going to curse a couple of movies that I don't think give you good advice in regarding anxiety. Um, one is I'm going to get uh, curse the aviator by Martin Scorsese. Oh, wow. I tried that years ago. <laughs> Listen, Mark, Marty, I, well, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I love your movies. I tried. I just couldn't get through it. And it's about a guy who has OCD. Interestingly yes. Enough. And the thing is, I thought is it's, it's, it's exploitive of it without being about insightful. To say, I felt I'm not one easily offended. So I, I don't know if I was offended. I did feel like it didn't accurately portray. Yeah my condition it used it yes for it, a, a, a character yes it, it was like, like oh look at this weird person and how weird yeah. he was you yeah. know it was it was very external looking at this person almost like a science experiment yes and and without giving any insights into really understanding it so that's like again i don't i don't mind these pieces that are like look at this weird person as like monk as you, exactly as long as you help them under me understand them Yes. But so that's when I feel it's exploitive. So, yeah, I, so that's that's why again there's scenes in there that I really love. And Martin Scorsese says he's a great director. And you know, but but that I that's a not a good picture of mm. mental health when you're trying to portray that. So filmmakers, take notes, don't do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to curse um the Joker, the film. Oh, okay. And this is tough for me because there's aspects of this movie I like. And and but the thing is ultimately. It does, and certainly socially, this was what how people responded to it. So it's not like a, a crazy thing to impose this on it, but it did valorize his um, his hatred of the world mm. as the problem is the world. Oh, the problem is not my feelings or how I'm reacting to the world. The problem is the world and the way I deal with my um, my fear of the world, my bad, my negativity towards the world is I externalize it and make the world a worse place. So it actually gives him less empowerment and choice yes. because, well, it's just out of my control. I can't exactly. do anything about this. Yes, exactly. And I think I think the degree to it valorizes that kind of view. I know it, it plays it both ways a little bit. So it's like, maybe it's not valorizing it, but it, it does. What's, so, what's the title again? The Joker. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah yeah yeah. Here, yeah yeah don't worry we all watched it it's yeah all right. um, oh, I, I didn't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah those, those will be my curses nice those are good um yeah well i think that should do it for the episode i hope you found something of worth here again remember if you want to get in touch with us go to the overthinkersjournal.com or connect with us on our private facebook group called the overthinkers and please please we want to see you at the oscars yeah, uh, live stream. We want to see you on that little red carpet. It will be little, uh, <laughs> yes. but our Overthinkers logo will be yes. there. And we want to see you to check out um, the events page so you can RSVP and see you there. Also, again, the plug: check out my movie "Don't Know Jack" when it comes out, hopefully in April. And um, is there anything else? If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to NathanClarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials, Nathan Clarkson. Joseph, just find me on any of the socials, Joseph Holmes. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram find me I'm there well thank you very much everyone and remember if it's worth thinking about it's worth overthinking about